Thank you very much. Amen to all that. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Hi. And uh, online, too. Hello there. Um, today we're going to be continuing our series on breaking the power of the past. I know James uh, touched on this topic as well uh, last week. Okay, okay. And so I too am going to be focusing on this, but I'm going to be coming at it in the area of our thoughts, breaking the power of the past in our thoughts. Um, I'm going to tell a few stories and then I'm going to share some steps on, you know, uh, how to take hold of that healing and freedom that the Lord offers us. So first I'm going to start with a story. Um, I used to have ADHD, which stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. But the key word here is used to. <laughs> um, actually, I used to take medication for this every day um, since I was quite maybe since about grade seven, um, but then the Lord healed me. Woo! I know, it's amazing. Praise the Lord. Um, for me, this diagnosis was actually quite helpful when I was young. Uh, it kind of put some language to what I was experiencing as a kid, um, brought a bit of clarity where there was uh, some chaos, and um, gave me some um, ability to alleviate some of the symptoms that were kind of holding me back in certain areas like school, things like that, um, and helped me to thrive in some of those spaces where I wasn't really doing very well. So it was helpful at that time. Um, but unfortunately, as I grew older, my thoughts and feelings towards this diagnosis kind of changed a little bit. I started to believe some lies about myself um, that were kind of swirling around this area. Things like, I'm too much, or I'm too intense, or too extra, or too talkative, or too excitable, or over the top. These are the kinds of things that I started to think about myself. And when a person thinks these thoughts about themselves, they do certain things. The thing that I chose to do was try to suppress myself, try to suppress my personality. Um, you know, try and tell myself, okay, say less, act smaller, be calm. You know, just trying to remind myself of this in uh, all situations, you know, hangout situations, work, um, all kinds of social situations. I'd be, be speaking this over myself. I wasn't really embracing the truth of who God had actually created me to be. So I wasn't free. I wasn't free to be who I was created to be. Um, and I felt like this diagnosis of ADHD is proof, it's evidence that these thoughts in my mind are true. I would still be trapped in that cycle if it weren't for the Lord healing me um, and stepping in, not just healing the diagnosis, but also healing those thoughts and that pattern that was in my mind. Um, those ungodly thoughts, uh, the, the shame that kind of went around it, and then those wrong beliefs that you know were almost surrounding my identity. Uh, the Lord used this inner healing ministry that I went to. Um, it's called Restoring the Foundations. And uh, to do that healing work in me. Uh, the way that ministry works is it's a, 
a few sessions over a week period with a trained ministry couple um, who challenge you as the ministry receiver to invite the Holy Spirit to join us as a team looking back at how my past beliefs or my life events or hurts or family patterns might be affecting uh, my future or hindering maybe even my connection with God or what I believe about myself. And through prayer, the Holy Spirit showed me that this was one of the areas, this area of belief of ADHD and the corresponding beliefs around that, this is an area he wanted to heal. So let me give you an example of how this happened. Um, during one of these inner healing ministry sessions, the Lord gave me a picture of a cornucopia. Do you know what a cornucopia is? I'm going to show you a picture right here. This is called a cornucopia. It's also known as the horn of plenty. You've probably um, seen it around Thanksgiving, around here. It's uh, sort of a sim. It's supposed to mean be be a symbol of abundance. Okay. So in this picture, in my mind during prayer, the Holy Spirit gives me this picture of a cornucopia, and I'm holding the cornucopia under my arm, and there's fruits and vegetables, you know, falling out. But there I am shoving the fruits and vegetables back up the cornucopia. Okay, and while I'm doing this, the fruits and the vegetables are being pulverized. They are falling to pieces, and they're being squished. And the Lord says to me, Anne, I have created you as a cornucopia, purposely overflowing. Yeah. That moment just, it changed my whole life, right? It, it changed my belief system just with that picture, with that word, right? I didn't realize it, but all those beliefs were editing my personality. It was editing my behavior. It was editing my whole life. And because of that moment of healing, and of course healing the diagnosis as well, I was free to embrace the truth of who I really was created to be. And then I was free to bless others with all that extra goodness, too. <laughs> um, I, I was able to sort of stop suppressing and really embrace um, and, and relax into my true personality. Um, that day, I, uh, with the help of my ministry team, I broke agreement with those lies. And I began to sort of live out the truth the truth about me, the truth that God had told me. So I wanted to share the story with you today because I think that, you know, many of us might be letting some things in our past or some ungodly beliefs edit our future. And I think God wants to set us free. You know, for, give us that freedom that he has for us, for our families, for our future. You know, sometimes it's, uh, past events that that weigh us down, or a generational pattern, um, or a stinging comment from someone that was supposed to care for you that you keep remembering, you know, um, or unforgiveness, maybe fear, or a diagnosis, like I mentioned, or even just that negative thought pattern that keeps coming back. Um, as Christians, we actually need to expect that God wants to transform us. He's intent on that. Um, he wants to transform our minds, our hearts. And I don't know, 
are you willing to let him speak into that, that spot in your life? Are you willing to let him kind of point out something in your past that he might want to bring up and heal? Sometimes it's kind of painful to look back and, you know, let God remind you of those hurtful moments. But I have found that the Lord always rewards us when we open ourselves to him like that. Um, also, this type of healing is not just for you. It's also for your marriage. It's also for your children, right? If, if I believe what I believe about myself, my son Isaiah can now know that about me too. He can know that God created his mom with extra goodness. <laughs> um, so the thing is that sometimes hurt people hurt other people, right? But therefore, it's likely that we could say that healed people also help heal other people. And so that's the kind of people that we want to be. Yeah, so let's, let's look at the life of Moses for an example of what happens when we maybe don't deal with our past. Um, you guys remember, I hope, the, the Bible story of the burning bush, Moses and the burning bush. Um, that's in uh, Exodus chapter 3. And this is when God speaks to Moses, um, and he, he's wanting to commission Moses to uh, be a leader, uh, the speaker of his plans, and of the rescuer of his people, the Israelites. They're trapped in slavery. He, God wants to use him for this epic mission, and Moses' past is actually hindering his potential in this moment mostly because of what he believes about himself. He actually ends up almost disqualifying himself. He's trying to take himself out of the running for this call that God has on him. Let me just pull it up here. Um, we'll have it on the screen as well. In Exodus 3, 10 to 11, God says, So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. At this point, you know, God spends the next many verses, you know, um, telling Moses uh, about, like, the, the truth. He's trying to convince him of the truth and trying to alleviate his insecurities. And then again, he commissions Moses in Exodus 4, verse 1. Moses answers him after he's commissioned him again, Moses answered, what if they don't, being the Israelites, what if they don't believe me? Or what if they don't listen to me? And they say, the Lord did not appear to you. Again, this is happening because of what Moses believes. He just, he just can't agree with God here. Again, God spends in the next few verses, you guys can read it yourself later. It's a bit of a long story, but it's pretty good. Uh, again, God spends some time answering his fears, Moses' fears, and again chooses to commission Moses. In Exodus 4.10, Moses answers him, answers God again and says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The rest of the story is in exact Exodus 3 and 4. 
you can you guys can read that yourself at home um but moses is saying all these things to god boom 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 one after the other because he believes certain things about himself he believes believes certain things because of what happened in his past he's believing i am not enough i'm a nobody people don't listen to me i'm a foreigner i don't belong here i'm different you know, pe- people don't even believe me when I, when I talk about things. I, I can't even sp- speak well. These are the things that he's believing that are editing his future. Fears, insecurities, ungodly beliefs that are stemming from the events that have happened in his past uh, that clearly he hasn't really dealt with yet. Even though he had, he had a lot of time on his hands to deal with these things, but they're clearly not happening. He's, in essence, at the end of this conversation with God, he's basically saying, send someone else. (laughs) He's telling God, like, I'm the wrong choice. You know, he's telling the creator of the universe, you're wrong. Your plan is wrong. It's not going to go how you think it's going to go. In fact, it's going to fail. To the creator of the universe, right? These patterns in his mind were so strong that he stood in the fiery presence of God and said, No. You know, said no to what possibly could have been the reason for his birth. This is the reason he was born, right? Okay, obviously Moses didn't know all that was in store for his future, right? You know, he didn't know that he was going to part the Red Sea, you know, that he was going to lead all the Israelites, be the spiritual leader of the Israelites for 40 years. You know, he didn't know about um, the Ten Commandments. You know, he didn't know that he was going to be the mouthpiece of God. Okay, I get it. We can see the future because we can read it in the book. We can see his future. (laughs) But um, the truth was that God had been preparing him since birth for this, protecting him despite multiple attempts on his life he's still alive preparing him by letting him live for many years with the ruling elite in Egypt so that he would know how to run a country right and then preparing him living in the desert for 40 years as a shepherd so that he would then know how to lead the Israelites for 40 years as they wandered like lost sheep through the desert right So he's offered this chance of a lifetime to be used by God mightily, and yet he's letting his past dictate his future. He wasn't remembering that actually God is saying, I'm going to be by your side, and all that that means. And what that means is none of those insecurities are true if God is by your side. None of them are true. With God's anointing, his resources, his gifts, wisdom, power, word, etc. Therefore, what that means, God plus Moses equals, he's enough. He's chosen. He's a special somebody to God. He's cherished. He's a leader. He's a mouthpiece for the Lord. He really just needed God's perspective on his identity instead of clinging to his own perspective. So what about us, though? Let's look inward. Um, 
you know, how do we identify these areas in our lives so that we can kind of kick them to the curb and so that we don't miss out on what God's calling us to? Uh, I'd say the first thing is probably to invite God to speak into our thoughts, um, invite his healing. He's the one who's going to break the power of the past. Um, you know, he's the one who's going to redeem those things that have been hindering us. Um, he's going to be the one who breaks those ungodly beliefs and sets us free, even maybe just with the word or a picture like the cornucopia. But I have been using this term ungodly belief for a bit through, throughout this talk so far. Um, so I just want to clarify what that means. Um, it's basically a thought. An ungodly belief is a thought uh, informed by past experience that doesn't line up with God's truth. So uh, let me give you some examples. I have been giving you some examples throughout with Moses and my own, but here's some more examples of what could be an ungodly belief. Things like, um, my opinion isn't as valuable as fill in the blank, so therefore I'm not going to share. I am helpless when I'm faced with that temptation, so there's nothing I can do. I can't hear my, the, I can't hear God's voice like those prophetic people. That's an ungodly belief. You know, if I don't stand up for myself, nobody's going to do it. That's a lie as well. What about if I show emotion, people are going to think that I'm weak. That's not true either. All of those examples are actually lies. They're ungodly beliefs that act as a lens over your, your life, your behavior, how you live. And actually, they can short-circuit God's plans for your life. I mean, we can't really change what we're unaware of, right? But um, with God's help, once we kind of name that root cause behind those ungodly, ungodly beliefs, we can break agreement with them, we can claim God's truth instead, and then we can live that out. And the power of our lives begins to diminish. Uh, we, as a church, we've been reading this book, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship by Pete Scazzaro. Um, and he reminds us in that book that our God is a God of redemption. Uh, he loves to take the broken parts of our history and create something beautiful that we can offer back. Um, so the truth is that any of those things that hinder us, can't, they don't stand a chance right? They don't stand a chance against us because Jesus has already won that battle for us. Um, so therefore, we don't need to fear or worry when something comes up in our minds and we think, oh, this is probably what the Holy Spirit wants to work on today. We don't need to worry about that because he's already won. So let's look at somebody <clears throat> in the Bible who's gotten this right. Joseph. You guys know his story. Um, He's the favorite son of 11 brothers, right? He, his life as he knew it, ripped away. <clears throat> uh, false, sold as a slave, falsely accused of rape, thrown in jail for many years. <clears throat> Finally brought up as Pharaoh's right-hand man. Through those experiences, he could have thought things like, wow, my future is bleak. You know, he could have thought, um, you know, my family can't be trusted. 
he could have thought, uh, God will not protect me. And to be honest, looking at his life, we might have actually agreed with him if we were around him, right? But <clears throat> those thoughts, however minor they might seem, could have completely changed the trajectory of his life if he believed those things. Instead, as you know, he chose to believe the truth. Things like, I am set apart. I am chosen. God speaks to me in dreams, and I know that they will come true. I can trust him. He will protect me. He is always with me. He is guiding my entire life and my future. These are things that he believes. You can read the rest of Joseph's story in Genesis 37 if you want to check it out. It's a long story, but it's good. Um, many people live for years without realizing <clears throat> that they've been believing some ungodly beliefs or some lies about themselves. Uh, I am one of them. <laughs> um, but if we could change the way we think to coincide with God's thoughts about us, regardless of what the past has taught us, we would see deep transformation in our lives. You know, Pete Scazzaro in that book I mentioned, he says, if we're going to help people live into their unique God-given potential, we need to equip them to break the power of the past. So how can I help you guys be equipped to do this? Um, first, we got to partner with God, right? And we... And then together we'll do that work of kicking out those thoughts, um, insecurities, ungodly beliefs. Um, so here's some steps. I'm going to put them on the screen for you. There you are. Feel free to take a picture of this because you might want it later. If you're having a chat with the Lord this week about something you might want to kick out. The first thing is you got to ask God to point out areas that need healing in your thoughts. But let him be the one to take you back. Okay, to, to what he wants to heal. The next thing, you got to acknowledge how your past is actually affecting your future. Then you got to act forgiveness, ask forgiveness for how you've maybe been acting out of that lens um, and how it might be impacting you or your family, even. Then you got to claim that new identity that you have, you being a new creation, reborn. Ask God to exchange those old patterns for new. Then you got to live it out. And then you got to commit to letting God redeem your past. <clears throat> and this is not always a one-time thing. I mean, we're kind of like onions, right? We have a lot of layers. So sometimes the Lord does a little bit of work and then you're like, oh, there's something new. We got to get, we got to work on that together. And then um, I recommend reminding yourself daily of the truth that the, God, that the Lord has, in fact, given you. Sometimes I got to tell myself, hey, Anne, your extraness is great. You know, you are vibrant. You are a cornucopia. Right? Remind myself of that. It, it might seem simplistic, these steps, but to be honest, you'll be surprised at what the Lord would do if you will sit down with him um, and, and go through these steps with him. You'll be surprised. So I'm going to wrap up today with one final story of God uh, working in me 
to bring some more freedom from my past. Uh, and this is a story about my husband, Sean, too. <laughs> Excuse me. So prior to dating Sean, I had had a few relationships, uh, but unfortunately they got tarnished by some lying and some cheating and just overall hiding from the truth. And because of this, unconsciously, I started viewing any guy that I dated with a lens of suspicion. Mm -hmm. I developed an ungodly belief through those experiences that guys can't be trusted. Sorry, guys. I learned my lesson. It's now not true. Okay. <clears throat> so sure enough, in comes Sean on his trusty steed, which was a Toyota Corolla at the time. <laughs> um, and as we start to date, I, I begin to interact with him, and I begin to treat him through the lens of my ungodly belief. I didn't realize it, but my suspicion was on high alert. And Sean felt it, he told me later. Um, and probably he felt it because randomly I would intensely question him. <laughs> and when I found something that I thought was awry, I would confront him. And I'd be like, aha, you're busted. And then he would calmly, <clears throat> he'd calmly explain the truth to me. Um, and then I'd feel a little bit sheepish. And uh, I would realize, oh, Sean is an honest man. Oh. <laughs> um, unfortunately, this happened more than a few times. Uh, thankfully, Sean was sort of able to see through my past um, and see through how that was affecting him. Uh, and then forgive me and gently encourage me to find some healing with the Lord. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> but as our relationship got deeper and we got closer to engagement, the power of my past actually threatened to halt my future with, with Sean. Because I just, I couldn't say yes to marrying Sean because of all my fears. Thankfully, God stepped in. And um, through that, that same inner healing ministry that I went to, um, God pointed out the problem of my belief about, about guys and about Sean. And then he asked, hey, Anne, are you willing to let this go? Are you willing to let me do a healing work in your mind and your heart in this area? Obviously, I said yes. <laughs> um, so, and then he got to work delivering me from that, from that part of my past, setting me free uh, to see the real truth about guys and to see the real truth from his perspective. So do you want to know what, Sean, what God told me about Sean? Hmm? Okay, uh, I'll tell you just a little taste. He told me a lot of things, just a little taste, okay? So he told me um, during that session with him um, that Sean is trustworthy, that he's authentic, he's safe, he's encouraging. He's an example of how to love like Jesus loves. Um, he knows and he believes and he lives out the truth of who he is in Christ. And that kind of manifests as a calm confidence. Um, he told me that Sean is like springtime come, like April birds singing. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He told me that Sean has a heart like David. He, that Sean was an okay choice by him if I wanted that. Um, he told me that Sean is creative and exciting and artistic, empowering, and he has a great sense of humor. And then he told me that Sean would be a great catch and it would be a privilege to be his wife. And so after hearing all that, you can imagine I was like, wow, I need to snap this guy up. Quick, put a ring on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> as you can see, the Lord broke the power that my past had over over my future, and therefore I was free to choose a great husband. Yeah. <laughs> so, just like I needed to, how about you guys? How about you spend a little bit of time this week with the Holy Spirit, asking God if there's anything that he'd like to call up and heal? Um, asking the Lord if there's something hindering your future or the call that he has on your life and then grant him access to that area um, you can go through those steps uh, if you didn't capture a picture of them you can get them online we'll be posting this later this week but you know what I pray for you guys that the Holy Spirit would transform your mind that he would infuse your mind with the truth about anything in your life that you need in order to accomplish all that he has set forth for you. Amen to that. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, guys. Wow, thank you so much, Anne. That is amazing. That is a word lived out, you know? And, and I pray for each one of us that as, you know, as believers, that we wouldn't just hear the word this morning, but we would respond to it in faith. We would be doers of the word as well, you know? And from my experience, uh, it takes time to hear from God, to recognize those ungodly beliefs, to, to receive of his truth and, and know that truth and to, and, and to begin to believe it and, and declare it and live it in my own life. And, and as Anne said, I really encourage you this week to carve out some time to be with God and to just ask him, God, are there any ungodly beliefs that I have about myself or about you or about others or about my circumstances? God, would you show me and then ask him, God, what's the truth as he speaks to you? Uh, I want to encourage you to do that because as Anne said, God wants you free. He paid for you to be free. Free to be you. Amen? The world needs you. You're, you're here uh, on assignment, on purpose. And he wants to partner with you in not just you being free, but in seeing others brought into his freedom as well. Yeah? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Anne, so much for sharing the word this morning. That was amazing. For those of us that are parents and have kids in kids ministry, if you could immediately after the service go and grab your kids from kids ministry, that would be great. 
Uh, for the rest of us, again, if you're, if you're new, come find me. Uh, I'd love to get to know you and introduce you to some of our amazing church family. Uh, and finally, we have coffee and cookies out in the hall over there. And uh, we, can't, we can't congregate out, out in the lobby area, but we, we can stay here in the hallway or be here uh, in the theater. And I just want to encourage you, you know, community doesn't, real community, it doesn't happen by accident. Right? Are you with me? And so if you find yourself sitting there with a coffee and cookies and going, nobody's talking to me, go find somebody. Introduce yourself to somebody. You know, get to know somebody new today. Bless somebody. Make somebody's day. Right? Just encourage them. Let them know how special they are. Yeah? All right. God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday, an amazing week. We'll see you again next week.